welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi, and today we're here with another guest for our, another, our next COVID convo or COVID collab, and uh, we'll introduce him in, in just a second. Alright, so today's guest is another YouTuber and a podcaster. Uh, he's the director of evangelization over in Texas. Uh, and he's a father of five. You can follow him at Edmund Mitchell on Instagram. Today's guest is Edmund Mitchell. Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, it's, 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 a, it's always a cool thing to record with other podcasters because, you know, like... Oh, for sure. When you record with those who haven't been on the podcast before, it's like... You got to debrief them and all this stuff and tell them, hey, look, it's it's all cool. No worries. And then but when you're recording, I think with- after all of this, I'm going to I'm going to start a career as a professional podcast guest because I think I, I, th- I think I make a really good guest. I might even make a better <laughs> guest than a host. Right. <laughs> so if anyone's listening out there, if you want to if you want to start paying me or if you want to just have me on your show, it uh, doesn't matter what show, doesn't matter what topic, doesn't matter uh, what time of day or night. It doesn't matter the length <laughs> of the podcast, honestly, either. I'm a really right. good podcast guest. I'm better than Taylor Taylor Schroll at being a podcast guest, that's for sure. <laughs> he said he said uh he said some quite opposite things yesterday. Uh last last time we recorded with Well, him. he's a liar. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's just a different energy that comes on when you're recording with somebody who who who's familiar with podcasting. So it's uh it's a great yeah. to have you on here. Um Thanks, man. Of course, of course. So um, we're going to play a game real quick um, before we start. Oh, I okay. love doing these things. I'm ready. It's even more fun with with uh, somebody who enjoys having fun. Yeah. What a youth minister you are. Right. <laughs> Icebreakers. And then we get into it. <laughs> yeah. Really open my heart up to receive this message. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to have to apologize in advance if the connection of this podcast is a little weird, uh, but hopefully I'm able to fix that in post. So, Yeah, we'll work it we'll out. We'll work on it. So the game is similar to, uh, is the same, almost exactly the same thing because Taylor asked from last week for you to do the exact same challenge, okay. which is the musical impersonation. All right, I'll probably, I'll probably do better. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'll do better at that. <laughs> so I'm going to give you okay. a, a person and a song <clears throat> a, or a character, a person, okay. a singer or a character and a song. All right. And you're going to have to sing that song right. in that character or singer's voice. Okay. I already, I already know I'm going to be bad at this. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm bad at, impre- I'm bad at, uh, I'm bad at like vocal Im- impressions. Uh huh. Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. I'm here for that though. All right, this one. I just know I'm already going to be bad at this. All right, here we go. I'll start with this one. This one's really good. Darth Vader singing a whole new world. Who? Who? Darth Vader singing a whole new world. Who? Darth Vader singing a whole new world. Oh my gosh. Um. <clears throat> okay. Wait here. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> And he has kind of like a, he has kind of like a deep, um, 
Okay, this is my best. I'm really bad at voices, but here we go. I need some like I need something in my mouth. I can't. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering splendor. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart run wild? A whole new world. I'm your father. That's all I got. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. That's all I got. I know. I feel like I feel like <sighs> you gave it more than Taylor did. I did. You I did. went hard. I go, go hard. hard. I podcast hard. <laughs> all right. How about this, Johnny Cash, Old Town Road? Oh gosh. Um, man, I don't know Johnny Cash well enough, or the Old Town Road. Um. I, I mean, I can hear, I can hear one of his songs in my head. Um, shoot. <laughs> well, it's a, I can't, I'm so bad. Uh, well, it's a, hi, Folsom prison. Well, uh, uh, took my horse to the old town. I don't know. I got, I got nothing for that one. Old town road. I don't know. Ah, I got got nothing, man. That one was that one. I I was I failed on that one. I failed. (laughs) That one I had. um, I had Taylor do that in a uh, a John Legend voice, and he also failed at that one. Oh wow, wow, yeah, that's deep cuts. Okay, how about all right? What's next? Is there another one? I got a couple more. Uh, Aerosmith singing "Twinkle Twinkle." Aerosmith singing "Twinkle Twinkle." Oh gosh. <laughs> um holy cow. Aerosmith singing Twinkle Twinkle. Um Twinkle! I, <laughs> That's twinkle! Little star! Um Sing with me! Sing for the years! <laughs> What's the rest of the lyrics to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? Oh, how wonderful! <laughs> What you are? I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> the twinkle twinkle part was amazing. That was like ten yeah, times. Okay. Better. All right. Um, Man. All right, the last one. Elmo doing "Don't Stop Believing." Elmo doing how? What does Elmo sound? Uh, hello, hello. I'm, how, how does Elmo sound? <laughs> sound My name like is Elmo. <laughs> Tickle me, Elmo. Doing what song? Don't stop. Tickle believing. me. Ah. Uh, what? Don't stop believing. I believe. Don't stop believing. Oh, see her in a smoky room. <laughs> Smell a <laughs> white cheap perfume. Oh, you sound more like now this. Now in any the dies. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Elmo sounds like. Yeah, it Just sounds more like a stranger. Uh, Tickle me <laughs> from. From uh, the guy from what? Family Guy. The uh, oh the yeah yeah, guy. man, I'm so bad. All my <laughs> friends know I'm so so bad at uh, voice impressions. <laughs> so bad, very very bad. That's amazing. That was great though. It makes for good entertainment, right? 
Oh, well, thank you for that. I think you caught some of my chest there when I did the Darth Vader, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> that was fantastic. So I love doing these kind of games because it just like, you know, it, it makes it everything loose, especially for those who are not, not podcasters. Um, but, uh, it kind of, breaks, yeah. you know, breaks them down a little bit and kind of gets them to relax. And, uh, yeah. but it's also yeah. cool to do it with the podcasters cause they just like you. Just let it let it go. That was supposed to be oh, relaxing. Man, I done that one. That was not relaxing. <laughs> that was not relaxing at all. I mean, I'm, I don't know I'm what you're talking about. And this is. <laughs> oh wow! Is that whiskey? No, no. It's, oh, nice. It's okay. coffee. It's coffee. It's cold brew. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I know. I said I'm feeling loose right now, and then showed the glass. So. <laughs> wasn't very it was very deceiving yeah you were like here we go feeling a little <laughs> feeling a little sauced right now it's like one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> here we go corona hashtag corona <laughs> drinking corona chronicles mm-hmm. i'm a man of alliteration if you don't know that um like a good youth minister oh yeah <laughs> um i like to start off by asking a little bit about um, your little faith background. Where, um, like we raised Catholic and all that stuff. A little bit get get the listeners a little bit about you. Um, if they don't know you already, yeah, yeah. So, uh, my story is: <clears throat> grew up Catholic. Um, my parents were really involved in. Like my dad taught RCIA, and my parents were pretty involved. And then, um, in high school, started getting really interested in apologetics. And started, um, yeah, just studying apologetics a little bit and, you know, debating my Protestant friends about the Catholic church and, and then, um, started dating a Protestant. So then also like, you know, trying to figure out my faith even more. And then, uh, I think, I think it was Jeff Cavins came to our parish and for the first time in my life, it was either Jeff Cavins or Scott Hahn. And like for the first time in my life, uh, I was just really moved by this guy who was very, very smart, but. Um, I just could tell that he had, he had a relationship with the Lord that I didn't have. Then my dad handed me a book, I think Rome sweet home to give to my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, kind of like, yeah, give this to your Protestant girlfriend, you know, this will fix her. (laughs) And which wasn't a great idea, but so I'm walking out into the parking lot to get in my car and I Mm -hmm. start reading the book and I read I read like three quarters of the book just sitting in my car in the parking lot of our church. Oh, wow. Cause I was so captivated by this book. Wow. Um, went to college at Georgia tech to be a biomedical engineer. Cause I wanted to be really rich and really smart. And mm-hmm. after a while, uh, one of my, one of my best friends was like, dude, you're buying, you're using all your textbook money to buy Catholic books and not like your calculus and physics books. And I started discerning, you know, was really involved at the Catholic center there. And I started discerning, um, transitioning to Franciscan university. Um, I was super scared about the idea, but I just, I felt, I, I felt this unrest and I really wanted to give more of my life than just volunteer time to, to evangelization, to this work of ministry and evangelization. I knew I, I knew I wasn't called to be a priest. Uh, so obviously very confused, right? right? I'm not really sure you know, what the career path is for this. Right. So I look in the back of a Scott Hahn book and it says, um, that he teaches at Franciscan university. So I call Franciscan Mm -hmm. university, call the administration there or the, uh, the admin counselor or whatever. 
and admissions counselor. And I said, I think I want to be Scott Hahn. And the guy laughed and I said, yeah, like I'm interested in transferring there to become Scott Hahn. And he said, that's not really a career <laughs> path, man. And I said, okay, well tell me, tell me more. And so he said, you know, tell me, tell me more about what you're interested in. And I was describing it to him and he said, well, I know you're really interested in theology, but um, you know, theology is the science of the study of God. Um, but we have this major called catechetics and catech- catechesis is how to participate in the handing on of divine revelation to other people. It's catechesis mm. is learning how to te- you know, how to pass the faith on, how to, how to, you know, as the church documents say, how to put people in intimacy and communion with Jesus Christ, you know, and then that, um, that field of study lends itself to, you know, religious school teachers, but also youth ministers, directors of evangelization, you know, coordinators of children's catechesis, those types of things. So I was like, man, that sounds amazing. And it was one of the only universities I could find where catechesis was not like a minor or a focus. It was a major, you could major major in catechetics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so I went there, studied evangelization, studied, you know, we studied a lot of the church documents on evangelization and catechesis and that relationship and also right. uh, double major. So I majored in theology and catechetics uh, with a minor in or a focus, I guess, in youth ministry mm-hmm. and then went into youth ministry. Oh, and then I, I should, you asked about my relationship with God. So a lot of that hasn't been necessarily my relationship with God, but um at Franciscan, you know, I had this big stirring of trying to get closer to the Lord. And a lot of it was mm-hmm. very intellectual until I went to Franciscan and I started meeting people. Cause I thought, okay, I'm at Franciscan. Like this, this is where all the smart kids are. This is where all like the kids that read the books I read are, you know, like, yeah. this, like this is going to be great. Um, and I was shocked because I met people who talked about Jesus as if he was in their closet in their dorm room like they talked about Jesus as if they talked to him every day and they didn't maybe know as much theology or they hadn't read as many, you know, like not everyone was that way, but I met people that, that really knew Jesus. And I was like, man, I want that. Like I, I really, really want that. And so that's where Mm -hmm. my relationship with the Lord just got much more personal and direct and really moved, you know, with the cliche, it really moved from the head to the heart for me. Right. Um, So I met my wife there and went into youth ministry in Toledo, Ohio, uh, for three years there, and then moved to, um, when we found out we were pregnant with our third child, I think, mm-hmm. um, had an opportunity to move closer to my wife's, uh, parents. And so, yeah, we moved here to Fort Worth, Grapevine, Texas in Fort Worth. And I've always just had a really, I don't know, at some point along the way, like Jesus just kind of grabbed me around the neck and was like, <laughs> you need to invest in parish in a parish. And I've been praying for a long time to, um, yeah, to just that the Lord would allow me to stay at one parish for a long period of time and just help change the culture, shift the culture towards evangelization. So that's really been, um, yeah, passion of my, you know, little V vocation, I guess, for professional Mm -hmm. parish ministry. Um, so I moved up, um, to, well, not up, but like now I'm over the department of evangelization and really helping craft the vision and mission for the whole department. Right. Um, and I work primarily in adult ministry now and then have two youth ministers under me and a K through six coordinator. And then we have a RCIA coordinator. So that's kind of our, our like team in our department. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just trying to move the needle on parish wide evangelization. 
Um, that's awesome. So yeah, so that's a little bit about my background leading up to leading up to now. Yeah. With what you're doing now, you is your parish. So it's parish wide like evangelization. Like, do you? And it's in Texas. I feel like the congregation's a lot larger than normal like parish like parish sizes are. So is it? Do yeah. you find it a little bit difficult, or do you find like because you're, you're focusing on this, you're able to con- like connect with more of the families in the parish? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a different beast here. Like in Toledo, I think the largest our youth ministry, I mean, I think the largest our confirmation classes were, were maybe only 30 to 60 maybe. And then here, you know, our confirmation classes are like a hundred, 120. So yeah, it's definitely a very different animal and we're not even one of the largest. I mean, we're, we're a fairly large parish, but there are others that um, have like two 100 uh, teen class, like confirmation masses, you know? Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, you get used to it. I mean, and it comes with, it definitely forces you, um, it definitely forces you out of the mindset of like, I am the youth minister Mm -hmm. and instead like I need to direct youth ministers and youth ministry, uh, and the same for evangelization. It's like, I, there's no way I can reach every single family in our parish and we could host large events and get some of them, but it's really important to mentor mentors or to teach teachers to teach, like to disciple people into discipling others Mm -hmm. is really, really important. So we kind of focus a lot on that. It's been a huge shift in the way we approach our jobs is, you know, barring from Andy Stanley's like only do what only you can do. And when you start asking yourself, what right. is it that only I can do? Because there's a lot that other people could do and would, would love to be involved with and might even do it better. So what is it right. as a parish worker, as a full-time, you know, parish minister, what is it that only I can do? Um, right. And then let's delegate the rest and build up teams to really take over those things. Uh, so that's kind of a different challenge and, and definitely much more important at a, at a larger parish. Right. I think it's really cool. I love listening and talking to people about this, that kind of stuff, because, you know, knowing, getting different insights from different youth ministers. I love connecting with them or people who have been in ministry. I just kind of find a different, uh, you know, a way of going about ministry is always a refreshing, like, um, way for us to, you know, where are we not lacking, but maybe where we could improve you know, at our parish. And, uh, you know, I've been at my parish for almost three years now. Um, and we just got a new PC, uh, dire- our great. new DRE or what we call them here, PCLs, parish catechetical leaders. Um, and mm. John is amazing. He's like help. He's ready, like kind of helping us like, Hey, look, this is, um, this is our vision, isn't it? So like, why, why are we stuck in things that we already know to do and kind of like challenge us as a staff to kind of like, Hey, let's think outside the box and challenge ourselves to, to be bold, to do something new. And so it's been really refreshing uh, to kind of, you know, see an outsider's point of view. Um, Cause just like this, like just like that in ministry, you can yeah. go into like, like, Oh, the flow of things and not that it's a bad thing, but you can get stuck in that flow of things and not dare to be, you know, creative. Yeah. Getting stuck with complacency is something we all struggle with in life, but also yeah. in church ministry, because it can be really difficult to know if you're making progress. It can be really difficult to know if what you're doing is making a difference. It can be easy to just continue doing things 
that are easy and mm-hmm. and just chalk it up to well we're just being faithful um and then you can you can do the opposite where you're just constantly chasing new things and constantly reinventing that nothing, um, nothing really lasts. So it's a, it's a struggle and it's a struggle everyone goes through and it's really, um, you know, that's why the importance of just discernment and prayer following the Holy spirit and like following grace, uh, is really, really important. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I've been, I listened to, I've been listening, uh, to the beginnings of, your Catholic youth ministers podcast. Cause you know, I feel like we, we need, yeah. we need outsiders. Like I said, I like, we need to listen to the outsider point of view, but s- small side note. What did, was there an actual, like a year gap between the first episode and the second? Oh man. Uh, Oh, Oh yes. There was a year gap. Bef- there was a teaser. There was a teaser we recorded. And then is that what you're referring to? There was like a teaser, like, Hey, this is coming soon. And then, um, there was a Catholic publishing company that wanted to, um, that was going to publish and produce the podcast. So we paused for a mm-hmm. little bit because we were going through all the like contracts and figuring out the show and what would the show consist of and stuff like that. And then it just, it just dragged on way too right. long. And after a year, we just decided like, we want to, we want to release this. Like, I, I don't want to wait any longer. And so we went our separate ways and, right. um, and then I just started producing it myself. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I ran into it when you started re promoting it. And then I saw, I went to go listen to the first episode and it was in July of last year. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I was like, wait, was there just like episodes that are yeah, missing? Yeah, there's been a big gap. Or was there like there, like, yeah, a mis- misprint on the date? No, there's been, yeah, it's been crazy. No, it's been crazy. And then we recorded, I mean, man, we recorded like three episodes a week for uh, like two months or something. So we had like a ton of episodes oh, wow. and then, so we had a ton of episodes to record ahead of time. And then I went through this whole transition where I was trying to get into this studio and trying to see mm-hmm. if like that was something, a next step I should take. And so we went mm-hmm. this long period of time where all these episodes are coming out, but Nick and I weren't recording any. So, and as mm-hmm. I'm getting into the studio and renovating the whole place and repainting everything. And so, um, yeah. so yeah, we've, it's been a while since we've actually recorded one and we need to, we need to like kind of relaunch all of these new episodes in this new space here. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. And, um, so you, so outside of that one, you, you're more, more known for the show. Um, so how did that start? Um, was that just an, uh, an exudement of your, you know, a desire of yours or something that you wanted to start as like a ministry and how long ago, just kind of stuff like that. So, you know, I've, I've listened to podcasts, man, for like years and years Mm -hmm. and years. Um, I think way back, I mean, when I was in college, I had started kind of listening to some different podcasts back in like 2011 and then 12 Mm -hmm. maybe, and then came across radio lab probably in 2012 or 13 and, um, just really fell in love with, and then, you know, went through all these different phases of different types of podcasts and stuff. And I always dabbled with like blogging and making videos and doing creative stuff. And for some reason, at some point, you know, and I have, I've, I've tried to start, you know, so many different podcasts and, and really what, what, uh, what stopped a podcast from continuing what stopped me from continuing to do it was with a lot of the old podcasts that I started, you know, I tried to, I, for me, I tried really hard to pick a niche or pick a type right. of like, okay, this is going to be about this. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I really found 
Gary V and then um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know what? I just need a place. I just need a place to be free of any type of creative boundaries. And just, if I want to talk to someone interesting, I'm going to talk to them. Right. And if it happens to be a, a Catholic musician, then whatever. If right. it happens to be someone else, then fine. If it's going to be an episode where it's just me just being an idiot, then okay. Like, yeah. and I just knew like, I just knew my only goal was just to never stop doing it. Like, yeah. um, so my only goal was just, I know I want to do this for a long time and I know I want to keep doing it. Um, so I just started it up and uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to do this for years. I want to, I want a really vague name so that I'm right. not tempted to like try to over market it or niche it or right. something. And so I was just like, all right, it's just the show. Like it's the show. I have no idea what it's going to be. It's the <laughs> yeah. show with Edmund and, um, it's kind of a dumb name and I kind of regret it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, whatever, like, you know, five years from now, I'll just be glad if I keep doing it, you know, and it, right. and it gives me an opportunity to talk with people, be creative, you know? Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the origin of that. I love that. I, I think the show was so simple. I mean, it's like, I, I, I love when I love your, your, the most, the most semi-Catholic podcasts out there. I love that too. Cause it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a sucker for for Catholic things that are not overly Catholic by title, you know, like yeah, it just sneakily yeah. like so. Totally. Mine is living ardently. It's not not like in your face. I'm Catholic. If unless you look at the the logo, you'll probably say, oh, there's a, a corpus on there. There probably is Christian at least. Um, but to live an ardent life doesn't really require you to be a Catholic if you wanted to live virtuously right so like um you know i just wanted to sneak in there and then like hey look by the way this is the good stuff yeah if i wasn't working at a parish i probably would want i would need like an outlet to to catechize and to be involved in ministry and stuff like that but at my parish like everything is very explicitly catholic um and so there's also this other this other thing where like like if joe rogan was a passionate devout Catholic, like that would be awesome. Right. And, um, I still like listening to him regardless of that, but there are certain people like, I wish as I was growing, I wish as I was growing up more and more that I, that I had Catholics who were engaging in the world and not just engaging in like this echo chamber, you know, that sometimes we can get in. And so I just wanted to like, I just wanted to explore the world and have someone, just kind of find out that I'm Catholic. I mean, and it, and you know, it's kind of, right. it's kind of happening. Like I have some Protestants to start listening to it and are just like, Oh, I, uh, you awesome. know, um, starting to get curious with the Catholic church and, but they can still listen to it and just still feel like the cool thing about podcasts is you feel like your friends, you feel like you're overhearing right. friends talking and you're kind of involved. And so, you know, I've, and I've had all sorts of weird people on, I had a, a Jedi knight on an actual yeah. Jedi knight. I had like, journalists and a evolutionary psychologist. And so right. it's really just a, an excuse to uh, get guests on the show that otherwise wouldn't care about me. Right. right? I was, I was funny. I was like, uh, somebody was asking me what my favorite, my you know top podcast I'd listened to currently. And I was like, well, um, there's three of them. One of them is like a couple of YouTubers, like just chatting. And then, um, and they're definitely not like wholesome content always, you know? Um, then I was like, well, Edmund Mitchell, yeah, uh, you know the show, right? And then I say that you know Taylor Schroll and, um, and uh, which clerically speaking, and you know I just give these pieces like, oh, what what are these things about? And I would have it at like a pretty good like 
thing for every every other show and then there's yours yeah. and i was like well you know there's no i mean edmund's show is there's really no structure it can be an hour-long podcast <laughs> it can be two hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's pretty wild yeah yeah so and i like that i mean that's just me yeah i yeah i i um i don't know i just i like that and I, it's an outlet in my life where i cannot where where i'm i'm kind of I free myself to not care as much. There are other outlets, right? The Catholic Youth Ministry podcast, very intentional. We're writing right. it. It's for a purpose, it's for a specific audience. And so it's nice to have a place to right. just kind of, I mean, one time I just re, I just remixed a Michael Voris, like church militant, like YouTube clip with like a little pocket recorder, <laughs> like, like <laughs> a little synth that. thing. And like, yeah. Oh yeah. And I've I was just like, that. this is what we're doing this week. I'm doing this, you know, like it's so it's <laughs> nice. I don't know. I, I, um, I really enjoy that. That's cool. I, I haven't seen that. I gotta go check that out. Oh man, that's probably hilarious. Yeah. I did watch. You know, one of my one of the uh, one of my favorite things you did once was the uh, breaking down of Christophanic's talk. Because uh, that talk oh, is yeah. the talk that <laughs> yeah. like converted me. Oh wow, that's amazing. I was like, this is awesome. He's right. You like you broke it down to like all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is how he really got to my heart. Yeah. 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 That was fun. Yeah. That kind of stuff is like really fun to do. And then just having my friends come over and just being idiots about like current events and stuff like that. And, and like, like this, like just seeing where the conversation goes right. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's really fun to do. Yeah. I love it. It's, uh, um, I, th like I said, it's, it has, it has similar structure, like loose structure as some of the other podcasts, like the YouTubers podcast that I listen yeah. to. Like those two, like the, the the few of them that go on that, it's like, it's just loose. It's like whatever, like they want to talk about, they talk about it. There's no like yeah complete structure to everything. And, uh, you know, I guess me being a spontaneous person enjoys that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, me too. Um, so how is it like, how many years have you been doing it actually? Shoot, man. Um, dang, I don't know. I mean, like it kind of started, it kind of had a, a shaky start when right around when like anchor that anchor app came out and I was on there for a little bit and then, and then it had a mm -hmm. relaunch probably in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I had like a real good run mm -hmm. of, um, remote interviews. And then I think around December of 2018, I decided to try to just do in-person interviews. And so I started getting into like camera gear and, you know, what could I, what could I offer for people? Cause I can't really pay for them. So I just started inviting friends I had around the area to come over for, um, like in-person interviews. And I didn't think that would last long at all, but right. we went almost like a whole year just doing in-person interviews. Um, and so, so yeah, so, I mean, so it's kind of been right. on and off a little bit here and there, but it's been consistent, you know, at least since like, I think like November, December of 2018 or yeah. 19 or 18 and then early 2019. So about a, I don't know. It feels like two years, but um, yeah. Right. Yeah. How I got into, I, I forgot. I remember how I got uh, introduced to you and your podcast was because my friend who I guess was a listener had, you did something on Instagram where you had people like, do something and you reposted it reposted it on your story 
and my friend had done that, like had you had reposted her story and she got really excited and like put it back on her story. And, uh, and I was like, who is this guy? Why is she like freaking out? So I like looked at your, looked at your account and your profile. I was like, oh wow, like this guy has a Catholic podcast. And so I was like, oh, let me go listen to it. And so I think that's how I, I that's how I remember. I just don't remember what exactly yeah. you were doing on Instagram that made her go crazy. Oh man, but I had so many dumb things. Um, so so many dumb things. The question there. is then. <laughs> so then, my my last question before we go on break is, uh, how does this ministry, like this uh this this podcast, kind of like relate or differ from your your in person ministry, um, and how you do for your, uh, for your job? Yeah, I mean, our in person ministry is really trying to change a culture like a parish culture towards evangelization and the primacy of evangelization. And it's a lot more like, you know, in-person events and training. And, you know, there is some, some overlap, like creating video resources or, um, you know, graph, there's some graphic design stuff, which I like doing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, there's some like branding and marketing aspects to it, but it's mm-hmm. not like the primary part of it. Um, so there's right. a lot more like, you know, team dynamics and, and right. stuff like that. But, um, yeah. And then I would say that they kind of complement each other. Uh, I think, you know, at the parish ministry, there's a lot of teaching yeah. and upfront stuff and uh, in-person, you know, dynamics um, that really help in presenting and communicating in a podcast or on a video or on a YouTube channel. Um, and then on, on the other side, like I think learning right. all the marketing side and client work and, uh, marketing and business coaching and those types of things. I mean, it just helps with the kind of marketing side of evangelization. Um, so they kind of bleed into each other. And then the other thing is like, is like, um, you know, yeah. just kind of living your life and then having something interesting to say or think about, or to say during um, when you are on the other side, like creating YouTube videos or podcasting. Um, so I think they kind of they right. balance off of each other pretty well. And with my personality type, right. Like I get really obsessive in short term bursts. And so it's, it's nice to kind of have a Uh little project here, um, in my spare time that I really, you know, pour, pour myself into and then, you know, go and then just like Mm -hmm. feel totally refreshed to get back to work on Monday, you know, and, and, um, get back into the church. And so, I don't know. It's for me, it's a good balance. I know for not, not for everyone. I mean, for a lot of people, it's like they need more, maybe, you know, downtime and relaxed time. Um, but I just love it. I just love cramming my, my time with, um, all these different activities. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I love it. Um, I, I was just talking to my girlfriend last week, uh, yesterday and she was like, you know, like this podcast is coming like a, a second part, like another, a second job for you. I was like, you know, if, if it was, if it was taxing, I would say it was a second job, but this is, a passing project that I I just love so much that, you know, like I don't see it as draining at all. Uh, yeah. Some, there's some points where like editing can get sometimes um, tiring, but you know, I love connecting with people and chatting with them. And now that we have new ways of doing that with others and like, like I got, I lined up a few great people to interview um, for the month of May. And, you know, it's just like really exciting. It like brings me, a lot of uh, a joy 
um, and makes me, like you said, refreshed for when I have to go back to work and I look forward to like, oh, I got I got this at the end of the week and I'm recording with this person and that person and, you know, it's yeah. going to be really fun. So like, yeah, I, for sure. I, it's definitely very good for me mentally, physically too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we have more, uh, we have more with Edmund Mitchell in just a little bit, but before that, let's take a break right here. If you ever wanted to start a podcast, today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, they have a free app on the app store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. All right, we're back with Edmund Mitchell uh, from the show, as well as the Catholic Youth Ministry Podcast. Um, Edmund, next question here is, um, how, does, how does this ministry, this podcast, how does it help your relationship with God? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I, you know, I definitely don't think about it like a ministry, but... Um, I think it's definitely helped me figure out, you know, there's this idea of finding your voice in like writing and, you know, even performing or video, that kind of thing. Like it, when you get started on YouTube, right. like finding, like, what's your voice? Like, how do you speak on camera? And it's a delicate, it's a delicate right. balance. I mean, I think you even, some of that, um, hap- you go through a little bit of that, even when you start as a catechist, um, even when you start. Yeah you know, or, or as a speaker, when you get up in front of people, it's like finding that, finding, finding how to express yourself in a way that's clear and communicates, um, communicates authentically who you are. It's, uh, you know, the other day I was yeah. talking with someone and I was talking with, um, I think glass canvas and we were, we kind of came up with this idea of you have to practice being yourself and you have to practice being yourself and, mm. and you kind of become more of yourself as you learn how to do that, as you learn how to not put up a, a mask or a, and you know, like there's a way where you could use vulnerability and authenticity as a shield a little bit and kind of keep someone at a distance yeah. or you could be oh, a little yeah. un, you could be like just unprofessional and slapstick the whole time. So I think the podcast has really helped me it, you know, as I'm, as I'm reacting to maybe just kind of myself getting oversaturated by super Catholic content and then going in the yeah. opposite direction, like, you know, just tons of stand up comedians and all this other stuff. And then really find, you know, really yeah. struggling to figure out, okay, but you know, but what does make me different? Because there is a balance to that. Because if I just shed everything, like then, <laughs> then I'm no longer Catholic. Like, mm-hmm. so what yeah. is different about me? Like right, what right. is, you know, if I am just being myself, um, 
yeah. Like, do I like that? Do I like, yeah. Um, you know, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. Am I essential? Yeah. Right. Like, um, right. so I think the podcast has definitely helped me navigate that balance in my own life of where I feel comfortable and where I feel called to right. just be myself. And I think right. definitely that's helped me, um, in my relationship with the Lord. Uh, it's helped me be a little more honest and helped me confront some of the, right. the crutches that I have, like realizing that just being mm-hmm. slapstick and funny can sometimes be a crutch I'm using because I'm nervous or uncomfortable or I don't have something substantial to say. And so that was really, that was, that was tough as well is going, Oh man. Right. Um, you know, maybe I need to work a little harder and write a little more and really craft it. And it's not as easy as it looks, you know? And, and so Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of those ways, um, it's helped me kind of confront myself a little more. Right. That's really great. I remember listening to, uh, uh, I guess you had mentioned it recently on the podcast where you, you had said that, you know, we can mask ourselves with vulnerability and stuff like that because in my in my ministry, vulnerability is like is like how we yeah. love, right? And so, like, we need to get to that point because you know, with teens, they're they put doors in front of them, so they never have to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. Um, but I love what's I, 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 my ministry is based around the writing uh, C.S. Lewis's Four Lo- uh, Four Loves, where he said, uh, "To love it all is to be vulnerable." Mm-hmm. If you read the entire quote, basically, he's saying like, if you don't want to, if you don't want a heart to break, lock it up in a casket, like wrap it around your selfishness, and like, and in that you know coffin of the se- of your selfishness, it won't mm-hmm. break. It will like be yeah. cold, and. Um, you know, so like that is so it was to me like vulnerability is like our, our biggest like we need to reach like the highest goal. But then when you when you had mentioned that's like, oh that's true. Like maybe there's you know, there's times where um we use that as a mask or we use it to like um to like, oh I don't wanna show you if I'm being so real, you know, maybe you won't see what I'm trying to hide. Yeah, or just or um, just uh using vulnerability to steer a conversation away from an area of your life that you don't want to be vulnerable about. So you kind of like oh, opening right. up in a way that um, it is very authentically vulnerable, but maybe you start, you know, at, we're like skiing down this hill together as friends and you know, you're trying to yeah. care for me and ask how I'm doing. And instead of giving you exactly where I'm, I need to be open and vulnerable. I'm kind of like, you know, kind of veering off a little bit and kind of leading you in a different direction. So right. I've noticed that I do that a little bit. Um, right. I've noticed that, that, you know, in listening back to podcasts or in just in the moment, just afterwards realizing like it's probably not always the best thing to be. And then also there's boundaries like there, you should have really clear boundaries. And I've definitely overstepped the lines of being too open and then realizing afterwards, like, oh, okay, right. that hurt someone or that may hurt, hurt someone. Um, so, so those types of right. things too, like it's all learning. It's all just learning how to be 30, <laughs> how to be in your thirties. Yeah. It's all just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. There's a Brene Brown. Um, they said, uh, she wrote, she said something uh, along the lines, like, uh, vulnerability without boundaries. Um, I forget what she said about it, but it was like, in, like is not vulnerability. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's a healthy, uh, a line there of boundaries. Like, you know, like last time, last Q and a, um, which is 
in, in the Q and A I did last month, I did uh, I asked the question. The question the question was asked: What is God trying to teach you? Uh, heal you, heal you in um, during this time of quarantine. And I was like, well, yeah, some, there was a big wound that was revealed recently that I didn't know I had, but right now is not the time to share it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. cause I'm still healing from it and I still need to figure that out. Yeah. That's a really you wise, know? that's a really wise, uh, that's very wise that you could pick up on that. Yeah. Right. Especially it's for just me something being, that being such an external processor, it's really tempting to just go, well, let me, let me, let me process this out loud right now, you know? So Right, it's, same. it can be hard. Same. I remember my 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 um my my um spiritual director had asked me a similar question, and I just sat there and I was like, "Sheesh, where do I start?" You know, like, mm. how do I start that? I don't know. And then how do I even start processing it? But um, but it was something very fruitful, and that it kind of like dug at my heart a little bit, and it yeah. got it got dug out even more when um. I finished this uh, 30 day retreat uh, with the rise men's conference um, with uh, Chris Stefanik. Mm. Um, there was like a part, one of the days there was a challenge. And one of those days I was just like, I sat in my car crying. <laughs> like, mm. and I was like, you know what? This is, this is something that I need to kind of, kind of process more. And I didn't tell um, anyone besides my spiritual director and, um, you know, so there's like, there's a lot of, you know, I like to externally process. I like to think that's why I like going to my spiritual director and talking yeah. and chatting with him because, you know, this is something that, you know, I don't, I can't take, um, um, lightly. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, it's also, it's so good that you, you guys, yeah, I love that when you guys brought that up and it was really cool to hear that. So, like going back to the podcast, then for uh, like, how do you, you know, how do you come up with your 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 podcast topics or who you want to invite? It's just somebody like you decide. I know you said it's pretty free and you creative boundaries are like loose, but like you're like, oh, this this is just something that interests you in the day, or how does it come up? Well, at first it was just anyone that was willing to come on the show. I mean, at first it was just right. literally anyone that was willing to come to my house. Uh, anyone that was willing to like fly or drive to my house. And, you know, so I went through a lot of my friends. I went through a lot of people I knew who were interesting, you know, musicians and speakers and, and authors and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, it's just like a lot of being curious about the world and trying to explore things. You know, I started, uh, you know, reading books where people are mentioned and then trying to see if I could reach out to them. Um, you know, I had on, uh, one of my, one of my favorite guests, but I don't know that I execute the podcast super well because I was very nervous was uh, Julia Dween who wrote a book on it's it's called uh, in the house of the snake or in the house of the serpent handler about um, about like snake handling Christians, these small like Pentecostal snake handling Christians in the Appalachian mountains. And she like did this whole great, you know, this great book about, how social media was really changing things in this. So anyway, so, you know, it's just like being curious and, and about the world and, um, you know, reading footnotes and stuff and following your way into something where, you know, you're just fascinated by it. And then you reach out to people and go, Hey, I want to, I want to ask you some questions about this. Uh, so there's some of that. And then also some of honestly, just if someone says, Hey, I'm going to be in town, then it's just fun to get them on the show and invite nice. over Johnny Alley or Nick are pretty recurring co-hosts. And so right. we'll just, I'll just text them like, Hey, is anyone free? 
Um, and then I've, I've also been really influenced by like the NPR tiny desk concert idea. And so, um, we do, we do some kind of events where we might have someone come over and like we had Claire McAllen, who's a spoken word poet. And you know, it was like, Hey, if you come over, we'll invite some people over my house and, um, you know, you can perform some of your poetry. That was another cool thing about, yeah, that was another cool thing about a lot of the shows was if someone was coming in from out of town or something, we would invite a lot of people over my house just to kind of be in the audience. And that was really cool. Like the time before and after the podcast, honestly, we're just really, um, yeah, just really rewarding. Just loving on this person, having community with eight to 10 people. Um, really just, it's all about that guest and taking, you know, taking photos and, maybe doing a little performance. We had Amanda Vernon came one time and we did a, cool. we did a house oh, house wow. concert. Yeah. We had this guy <laughs> awesome. Swall Pope um, come that I, I need to produce the episode in the show for that, but he came to the studio. It was our first like studio uh-huh. event uh, where he came oh, and cool. did a whole show here. And that was cool. It was alien and cowboy themed. And we decked out the whole studio with like cowboys and aliens and <laughs> that's awesome and weird lights and stuff. And, and uh, yeah. so, yeah. And you know, I'm always trying to look for people that are right in that Venn diagram of like this spirit science, beauty kind of like that whole mix right there. And yeah, if I find yeah. something, somebody, especially someone that's like a little weird, a little out there, a little like on the fringe, um, then it's just shooting people DMS and hoping that they're not getting asked to be on a hundred other podcasts, you know? Right. Oh yeah, that's how I. I mean, how it happened between uh, my, you and I. I just like, hey, like, I'm already talking to Taylor. Why am I? Why don't I just shoot a shot with Edmund too? And yeah, for sure, it's my smart men- right now. Yeah, I was just like, you know, my mentor was just like, you know, you can ask. The worst they can say is no or not respond. You know. Yeah. So I was like, so all right, well, here's here go here goes nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think right now more than ever, like Instagram DMs are just really effective. Just you know, people have right. nothing to do and just, just start building relationships and asking people, you know? Right. And I'm trying, you know, like, like I said, I'm only a, a month, a year, in, almost less than a year into the podcasting world. So like the, I, but I had a t-shirt company, a Catholic t-shirt company, which I made friends through Catholic Instagram around then who then transferred into my, uh, my audience as pot, uh, when I started podcasting. So that was like kind of a, a nice kickstart. Um, yeah. That's amazing to the podcast. It was nice. I think the Catholic Instagram like community is a lot more compelling and fun than the Catholic Twitter community. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. I have to limit, I have to limit my, my Catholic, I have to limit my Twitter intake because I just get, yeah, yeah, I get, so it's a, yeah, that's a good, that's a astute point. I mean, it is interesting though, because I think we are tempted to, to blame some of these circles. But then again, you know, I probably haven't done a good enough job curating my Twitter feed or my Facebook or my Facebook feed in the same way. Um, right. There was a really, really good, I think it was a Ted talk about, um, yeah, basically about algorithm hygiene and about how, you know, we use a lot of these apps for years and we don't realize that everything we're searching, everything we're watching and everyone we're following is really curating our, our feed and what we see and, mm-hmm. and we can sometimes extrapolate out and um, yeah, we can sometimes extrapolate out into, well, this is, this must be how the world is, or this must be how the Catholic world is. Right. or This must be, I remember there was a guy um, who was, I think an atheist 
and I had lunch with him because he decided to come into the Catholic church. Um, and, but his only kind of real exposure to the Catholic church was reading some Thomas Merton, reading some, Mm -hmm. um, Bishop Barron and then Catholic Twitter. And he was very confused by Catholic Twitter. He just was like, so I'm not really sure what I feel about the Novus Ordo. And I'm not really (laughs) sure. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what we think about Pope Francis and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, like that is not, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's your perception of the church, man. Like you don't have, you don't have like a lot of times you, a lot of those things like, man, you don't have to have an opinion about that. Like, that's not what the church yeah. is about. Like you don't have to, to become Catholic. You don't have to like answer a question, you know, female altar servers, yes or no, in order to become right. Catholic. Like it's just not right. part of the deposit of faith. It isn't what, right. what, sa- what saves us. It's, 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 it's still important, but, um, yeah. and, and that, that's where like my love for the catechism and things like that really came about was trying to navigate that in my twenties, trying to navigate, what do I believe? What do I think? Right. And realizing that I was I was really depending on a lot of talking heads to tell me opinions, and I wasn't differentiating between opinion and the deposit yeah. of faith, like divine revelation. And right. the the catechism, more or less, is kind of one of the best places you can do that. This is the universal teaching of the church. This is what Catholics believe. And if it's not exactly. in here, um, you know, maybe it isn't that important for me to get worked up about the Vatican Bank, right? Like. Maybe right, I don't need to right. have an opinion about that. I can't <laughs> right. even vote. I can't even vote. For, like, what am I supposed to do? Go to my local bishop and and complain? Like, I mean, it's, not, it's not like there's a sure. local. It's not like, you know, lo, I'm going to vote in my local election for on some of these changes. Right. Oh, my gosh. Freaked me out. My Alexa app. I'm alone in my studio. But two rooms over, yeah. the Alexa apps are just talking. It freaked me out. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, mine mine is right here. And sometimes I have these headphones in and I can't just suddenly it goes off and I'm like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. At night it's terrifying. I have a I have this one and a Google outside. Oh, and sometimes nice. I get confused as who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it I think it's like you make a good point there. Like, you know, we don't we often feel like pressure to like make the uh, 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 choose a side. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's just not we're we're and uh we're not an and or the church is not an and or it's a both and you know yeah either it's not either or it's both and and uh and it's important like i mean i don't judge people that that have those conversations and those are good conversations and right. you know canon lawyers can have their time going crazy about these different topics and you know yeah. like different priests and us ministry people and catholics like weighing in on these conversations i think over time though i've just lost some of my interest in that and not that it's bad or, you know, it's just, it's just for me. Um, I'd rather spend my time doing other things and, but I mean, like I'm still kind of aware of it. I'm still kind of, you know, um, yeah, it just, I find myself getting too worked up when I start reading it. Yeah, for sure. Um, On one side. So I was, you know what, it's just more healthy for me to just separate myself from, I, I I've been off of Twitter for a while and sometimes I just go on to make a silly comment and then leave yeah. again. Like, well, and, and again, like probably why we both love podcasting is I'd much rather have a one hour, very nuanced conversation about it and ask a lot of questions, right. you know, from my, my like amateur ignorant background and just right. say, well, I, you know, explain this to me. I'm not understanding this. Like let's clarify what you mean and, and this topic and really explore it. 
uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to something really quick on social media. But, but you know, I've, I've been there too. Like there are some Facebook groups I was really active in that were really helpful to go really deep into these conversations. So there's, there's right. a better way to do it and there's a worse way yeah. to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Correct. Um, but to go into like kind of stuff that you, um, another t- side topic here, I want to see, like, I know you're, you're a designer, are you a designer at, at heart, or is this something you just learned over time? Um, you design your merch, you design logos for almost everything you've done, and you have this certain theme that um, I think is very like, oh, when I see it, like, oh, I think of Edmund. Now there's a couple, I've seen other things that, you know, maybe slightly resemble it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that makes me think of the show or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, for better or for worse, <laughs> like, I've always been kind of, you know, on the more creative artistic side. And Mm -hmm. I don't really, you know, it's weird. I don't necessarily consider myself. I consider myself much more of like a, um, like a hacker, right? Like in the (laughs) sense, in the sense that, um, like Jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. Like, yeah, just out of necessity. And when, I guess when you have, when you have equal parts, like practical application, um, exciting possibility and then right. and then some like desire and natural attraction to a certain particular skill i think over time it just you know you do that for three or four years and and pretty soon you look back and other people are like hey you're really good at that and you're like man i'm just yeah. i'm just throwing this together i i don't so i don't know i don't really consider myself a graphic designer per se because i you know yeah. I, I i don't feel like i've dedicated enough time to it or know it well enough but you know in yeah. this day and age man you can hack together and learn to do teach yourself to do all sorts of stuff so right you know as a youth minister it was like most youth ministers uh i need to design a flyer and you know i'm young and think most Catholic stuff really sucks. So I want to, you know, this is like in 2011 or 12, I'm like looking around at the church I'm working at and going, man, this is really awful. I want to design something better. And then how do I, how do I do that? And yeah. So just over time, you just learn things. It's like every month you learn a new keyboard shortcut or you learn, you know, the difference between different color profiles in Photoshop. And pretty soon you look back and go, wow. Okay. And then people start saying, Hey, could I pay you to do something? You're like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's new. <laughs> right. Um, and then over time, yeah, it's like at what point this, everyone struggles with this is at what point do you call yourself a, a particular thing, a particular field? So, um, right. so yeah, but I mean, it's always just been, it's been nice. I will say this, like, I don't know that I would if I was my pastor and I walked by the first couple years of youth ministry and saw how many hours of graphic design work I was doing, like it was not good. Like I, I don't <laughs> think it was good. So I think right. it wasn't necessarily a great way of going about it. And uh-huh. myself and my two other youth minister coworkers, we struggle with that as well. Like, like yeah. doing too many hours of graphic design and then sure. And then really, cause like, that's not ministry, right? Like that's not ministry. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I think, you know, for better or for worse, it's just kind of been a, a, a habit. And now I will say though, it's very, very helpful. Like it's very, it's extremely helpful to at least know some of the basics of 
design layout to be able to talk about things with designers or just know enough to be dangerous so that if you do work with a graphic designer, if you do start something new, um, you're not kind of shooting in the dark. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, so that's been, and it's, and like I said, like client work, hobby work, and then my full-time work, they've all kind of bounced off of each other and helped each other in different ways. So, um, I think the biggest thing is just challenging yourself to put out stuff like, and right. if you focus more on, if you focus more on volume um, and less on quality, I think over time you get quality. You, you learn yeah. quality um, as you're just putting out. Totally. I definitely, it's like one of those things you don't really, I feel like when you're thinking about a design, I mean, like you said, it's not necessarily ministry, but like a good design could attract someone who wouldn't be naturally looking at that stuff right and then um maybe at first it's not the best but as you this as you kind of go on you see oh what attracts people and that makes design easier i feel for like, sure you know? um, oh yeah like if i could go back and do it all over again and this is what i do now with youth ministers that i hire i just say read if you're going to read like read one book and it's the non-designers design book by Robin Williams, not, not the comedian, oh, but it's okay. a girl, it's a woman. Okay. I would read that book and study it. And man, you could do it in an evening. I mean, just like one or two hours, you could go through it and learn the basic principles, alignment, contrast, proximity, and repetition, right. and then learn the font principles, learn color principles, and then just right. get into Canva and just start studying some of the templates that you like studying the things right. you like or looking through Instagram, looking at things that you like and try to replicate a one aspect of it. So like if there's a, if there's a cropped in image with a white background, you know, just try to replicate that with your own next flyer or whatever. And right. that's it, man. Just over time. Don't worry about all the huge tools and courses and stuff. Just start doing that for a while. And you'll start getting an eye for it Um, because really like getting an eye for design is something that I've realized, like you can't really teach. You have to do it and do it and do it and study and study and study. What I, what I tell, what I tell um, a lot of my friends who, you know, asked me, cause I, I I I was doing graphic design in college before I went into youth uh, theology um, at Ave. um, And one of the things that they asked me, like when I, cause like, like, how do you come up with the ideas for your designs? It's like, well, I mean, honestly, I this a lot of designing is borrowing ideas, yeah, and making them your own, yeah. Like that's how I made my this uh, my logo for my old t shirt company. That's how I made like all these different things. You're not you're not always going to make the most revolutionary new cool logo. You know, yeah. You're gonna you have to like get creative ideas from others. And that's what the design community is all about. A hundred percent. I think, I think another thing that I wish I started doing sooner was collecting, collecting and, and Mm -hmm. curating your taste um, and exposing yourself to a lot of really good design and Mm -hmm. creating little mood boards or little like collections. Like now what I do, my workflow is if I find something I like, if I'm scrolling through Instagram and there's a design that really hits me as like a new idea, or there's a part of it that I find really fascinating. I think it's really well done. Um, maybe they used abstract shapes as a background 
on top of something else. Right. I'll take screenshots. It's all about screenshots. And so screenshot on my phone right. and I'll email it or text it to myself or on, um, on my Mac, I'm always taking screenshots and just saving it to my desktop. And then once a week nice. or once every couple of weeks, I'll compile that all into a folder just called like design. Um, the same with websites, right. come across websites all. Cool. And I think just that practice of taking that extra step of collecting really sharpens mm -hmm. your, it sharpens your, um, your, uh, your design eye for things. And what's really helpful yeah. is later when you go to sit down to design, you can kind of rejog your memory by going through your mood board, right? You can rejog right, your right. memory and go, okay, that's right. I was, I can use shapes this way, or I can use repeating right. patterns this way, or I could put grain on the back of something was a new idea that I hadn't thought yeah. of adding an extra texture to the design. Um, nice, so th yeah. those, that, that is extremely helpful and, and really, I think idea. takes you, takes you further faster for sure. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's always, that's awesome. Cause they, I could even, you could even screenshot and put it right into an album, right? Like you can exactly. Do, yeah. Like you can just like have a whole album worth of that stuff. I feel like our, I've, our phones have so much capabilities that we don't use. Yeah. Uh, to the to the best of our abilities so that you know it can help us with you know stuff like this or you know just in general like there's a lot of options that apple has made for us or you know android has made for us but um we don't curate it yeah. to help us grow yeah know? and like i think there's um there's a book well there's two books that i reference a lot there's a book by daniel kahneman called thinking fast and slow and there's another mm -hmm. book called the righteous mind by uh jonathan Haidt. And both mm -hmm. of these are kind of books talking about trying to rethink from, from um, research in psychology or uh -huh. moral psychology, just re researching how we think. Right. And the classical framework for thinking is the rider, the charioteer and the, and the horses, right? And right. the idea is that the horses are your passions, your emotions, and they're wild and crazy. And then the charioteer is your reason, your, your rational intellect, who's kind of in yeah. charge and he yeah. can steer the emotions and pull them back when needed to be more rational and then let them go when you're needing to be more indulgent, I guess. But it right. kind of has this idea that, really I don't know, we kind of are influenced by, you know, Aquinas and this classical understanding that there's the intellect and then the passions and that right. the passions are good, but that they mm -hmm. don't always have um, a constructive relationship with our reason. And then when we go to sit down and talk right. about art and talk about like being creative, I think sometimes we, we think too little about that relationship between both of them. Right. And so for me, uh, Jonathan Haidt has this, well, Daniel Kahneman came up with this idea that a better analogy would be right. a rider on top of an elephant and a rider mm -hmm. on an elephant has way less control. Like your reason right. and your rational capacity, the rider is on top of the elephant mm -hmm. trying to nudge your emotions in a certain direction. And right. oftentimes intuition is our quick judgment and then we'll come in with reason afterwards. So intuition is like the elephant. It's our emotional Right. This is what yeah. I think about this. And then we'll come back afterwards to rationalize it, to try to reason it out and think it through. Right. And so, That's um, so cool. yeah, I like to think about, I, I like to think about 
our creative intuition and we have, we have good, like you're not designed. It's this whole, um, that famous quote by, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name, but this famous podcaster who talks about creativity and that, Okay. You know, you're you, like how you grow your, your good taste and how you grow your ability to execute on that over time. I'll have to find it. But, um, but there's this idea that, um, you have good taste, but you can't execute on it. Like, you know, what looks good. Right. A lot of people have mm-hmm. know what looks good, but you have to refine not just your skill, but your intuition, your intuition mm. for, for right. solving the problem of the graphic design that you're working on. Right. And so, this is just a long way of saying, I think it's really helpful to, to look at a lot of good work, good design, good graphic design or good, whatever it is you're studying and kind of prime your intuition before you sit down to, to, to design or even while you're doing it, right? you kind of just right. flood, flood your eyes and your brain with the intuition, with the, the subconscious of right. where things go and look and you right. won't be able to remember like which designer you got that from. But I found that in the moment, that mood board and looking through and here's a bunch of good design and then going and trying to sit down and trying to mm-hmm. rationally, like, where am I going to put things? Um, right. I found that that balance works really, really well. And it's just a way of priming your brain. You can do the same thing yeah. with like a talk or with an interview, honestly, is just right. prime your brain with a bunch of information, read yeah. through it all. And you're right. not trying to memorize it. You just want it in your brain. You just want it right. in that like subconscious intuitive part of your brain. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, like if you think about it, like music, right? Like you, you listen to music, you know, like you don't might not, not always know like why it sounds bad or if something sounds good. But like you intuitively know like, oh, this doesn't sound right. It's like it sounds like it's in the wrong key. Uh, you know, most yeah. people, right? Um, but yeah. And not until you start refining it, do you know, like, oh, it's because it's on the, it's supposed to be sung at a lower pitch or a higher pitch, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, we're able to do that with, we're able to do that with music and other things. And we should be, we are able to do it with creativity as well. We should be, you know, for sure. Um, for sure. I think, I think our, our like subconscious or our intuitive part of our, um, yeah, of our creativity is really important. And, you know, it just goes to show how important it is to, not be overly concerned about, you know, defending what, you know, not being overly um, scrupulous about what we take in. Cause I think if we are right. overly scrupulous about, well, I only take in stuff that's really, really holy and perfect. And I only take, you know, then <laughs> yeah. you're kind of, you've lost something there, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, but to be, you know, that stuff affects us, you know, those things affect us. And if, if um, just to be aware of that, to be aware that, like, what are you listening? What are you taking in? What are you seeing? And those yeah. things affect you. It really does. In, in the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, they did a research study on the effect of um, reading certain words on that effect mm-hmm. on these people's uh, walking speed. So, Interesting. and there's a, there's a few different studies. Like there was one study where they could um, measure in a particular city the walking speed of most pedestrians and then within a pretty significant amount accurately guess the total population of that city. Really? So for some reason, for some reason, the total population of the city and the speed, the rate at which most people walk was connected. The other study was the other study was they had people 
read a paragraph that had words like slow, old, um, dying, uh, depressed. They had them read that paragraph out loud as part of the study. And then they pretended the study was over, but they measured the rate at which they walked from the science experiment room to the elevator. Uh And then they had another group read words like fast, young, excited, uh, those types of words. And they measured Uh how long it took them to walk to the elevator, not thinking about the study anymore. And they found that, that those words impacted the rate at which people walked to the elevator. Wow. Those words had an impact just subconsciously. It had had an impact on them. Um, so cool. So every morning I read words like attractive, smart, (laughs) rich, (laughs) rich, hilarious, six pack, (laughs) they get to existence come on subconscious (laughs) yeah yeah. so i mean obviously obviously it isn't like a direct correlation right where you know if you read if you read the word racist you don't become a racist but it's just (laughs) it's just this idea that that what that that how could we use that to our advantage how could you prime how could you prime intuition Mm -hmm. before you go into a a creative work or into a meeting or into uh whatever you know yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you kind of think about like I'm thinking about my friends who were athletes um, in college, and uh, some of them would say that you know I would they would before a race like so country country runners, like before a race they would watch these videos that like you know like those YouTube videos of people like trying to motivate them. Yeah, it's kind of I mean I feel like it's similar. something similar, right? Where you're yeah. like trying to hype yourself up to a point where like uh, you like reach this who no this new heightened state of like. Like, oh, I can go further than I think I can now. Yeah. And like you're breaking those mental barriers, um, like kind of manipulating yourself to kind of, uh, you know, already prep your prep your mind so that you don't stop when you're feeling weak. Oh, for sure. I push heard, through. Yeah, I've heard that this is why story is so powerful for us, um, mm. that they've they've done brain scans of people who are, are recounting a story of something that happened to them. They recount or they do a brain scan of, where the brain is firing. Uh, and then they do a brain scan of someone who's listening to that story. And as they're listening to the story, the same parts of their brain, right? So if, if someone's telling the story, like I smelled cookies, this person is the same parts of their brain that would be firing. If they were remembering smelling cookies is being fired. And so then later, later, if you ask them to kind of recount it, it, it impacts their brain in very much the same way as if they had, they'd actually lived through it themselves. Wow. And I like I like that idea. I like that idea that, um, that that's why story is so powerful is because in a way yeah. we get to live out, we get to relive or live out something that otherwise we wouldn't have experienced. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. I love that a lot. Wow. And, um, geez. This is a great tangent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just thinking how we get here. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But it's true. I mean, a creativity, creativity, basically. Like, so. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're trying to seek out to be creative, like you know, my my my, my first and foremost thing is just to go and try it and you know, like don't be afraid of it because I feel like a lot of people are too worrisome about doing it wrong or putting something out there that's not actually good or or they feel like it's not good. And, you know, what I usually try to, you know, tell 
my friends and my teens who are trying to get into to, to graphic design. I was like, you know, just experiment, try it out. And uh, those are some good tips that you were sharing yeah. earlier, just kind of creating your board, your uh, inspiration board, your mood board to kind of like, hey, these are things that I find really cool. And, you know, um, just kind of cur- curating that and testing, messing around with that. Because yeah, for sure. That's going to help you in the long run. Another thing you're really into is tech. Um, so yeah. how, like, where did that start? Is that, is that some just part of, you know, the podcasting world, a part of you, or is that just something? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, um, yeah, just from, well, I think every youth minister should know how to run a mixer and know the difference between XLR cables and quarter inch. And, right. and, um, so, I mean, it's some of that happened through that, right. Just trying to right. figure out like, how do we use pro presenter to display graphics during a youth night or, um, right. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a whole genre of YouTube. Basically, a lot of YouTube is just reviews of camera equipment and and stuff like that. So you kind of get you start geeking out about that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's always been, you know, kind of fascinating to me um, getting into that. And also, uh, you know, when you're kind of pushed to your limits as far as setting your own hours and trying Mm -hmm. to do so much, you have to learn how to be more efficient with your time. And so you have to develop kind of this you have to kind of develop um a lack of patience for things that are inefficient in your life you just have to develop that sensibility that i could make this a little bit easier i could make i could save me 30 more minutes here or 20 minutes here um so then that kind of lends itself to getting more invested in having really good tech i mean i mean man this macbook i've had since 2000 um man, what is it? 2014 maybe, but gosh, I mean, it's like my right arm. I mean, I would Mm -hmm. not, if this thing fell on the ground and broke, I mean, I would be, cause it's just so set up to try to help me get as much done as I can in as little amount of time as possible. Yeah. Yeah. This is a MacBook pro 2013 MacBook pro. And it is just, I use the crap out of it. That's awesome. I use a, I just I just bought a new uh, 13 inch uh, 2016 because my oh, nice. 2012 was like dinking out on me as I when yeah. I was in college, when I first got in thir- um, I had put in my backpack and I dropped my backpack a couple times and the backpack Oof. didn't have that great of padding so like already then I already started like m- mistreating it unintentionally yeah. Um, and you know I try to carry uh, I remember one time I tried to carry too many things and my like. MacBook got knocked out of my hand and I softened the fall with my foot, but my foot was sore and the backboard still got hurt. Damn. Um, obviously. So like when you take care of your stuff and you really, you know, create it to a way that's going to help you be so efficient, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So now with this 13 inch, it's a lot, you know, a lot faster, a lot more, you know, cooperative. And like the third, the, my other, my old MacBook is still here. I could still use it if I needed to, but yeah. the battery shot, you know, there's a couple things like, that it's a little far that I needs to be fixed until I can, you know, bring it back to life. But, you know, yeah. it's like, it was more financially efficient to just get a new one that is like, I got this used and for 600 bucks. Yeah. Um, and when MacBooks are usually like 1300, you know, that's great. Minimum. So, yeah, that's great. But I'm a tech geek too. So I love, like, I love geeking out. I love looking into stuff. I follow a bunch of like tech reviewers and, Oh yeah. Um, unboxers and it's just like oh man i get into this stuff and the roadcaster was something that i really wanted to get before i started oh, podcasting yeah. 
and, yeah, I knew, nice. and then I found out you were using it and I was like, Oh shoot. Like, um, a lot of people are, just, I think Casey Neistat is now and a bunch oh, of people. Really? Use it. It's just, and partially it's just because it's just so darn easy. It all, it already has all the processing, the, the, um, noise gate, the, all, all yeah. of the compression, all that stuff. So I don't even really edit audio anymore. I just yeah. take the auto straight out and I know it's going to sound good and I put it in final cut and, and do my stuff there. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a much, it's just, it just like, I feel like it would save so much time. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. it probably does all that stuff, the comp- you know, like compression, noise gate, 10 times better than what GarageBand probably has to offer. Um, but yeah, you know, that's yeah. something that's not a, it's a, with that great quality, probably it doesn't come with a cheap price either. So yeah, it's, it's costly for sure. Yeah. But it's something an investment that, you know, if you're, if you really want to get serious, it's probably something you want to look into for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know one of your goals for your podcast was to get a studio and you finally got it and you're in it right now. Um, yeah, it's wild. How is that? How is it like having a place for, for creating man it's it's really weird it's super weird like i this was a dream that i thought would happen like 20 maybe 20 years from now like it didn't (laughs) seem like it would happen anytime soon uh so it's strange i mean it's really strange and you know we're talking about a lot of this tech stuff and gear stuff and i think you can fall into this trap of thinking like okay, if I only got this really nice thing, then I would create so much. And right. you could fall into the same thing with a studio. If only I got the this really nice studio, then wouldn't I create so much? And right. you have this, it's the same person just with different gear in, in a different space. So right. that, that resistance, right? Um, like, uh, like that book, the, the war of art, right? There's always mm-hmm. that resistance. And even though, it might look like, well, wow, the space is way cooler. And aren't you just making stuff all the time? And, uh, there are some things we've set up to make things a lot easier. You know, like, like when I did this interview, I mean, I just walked in the door and came in the room and turned stuff on. Um, so that's really helpful. Everything was in my dining room earlier. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, um, yeah, it's definitely during this COVID time. It's like really wild because suddenly there's this big expense. Uh, and then, you know, there's like Patreon um, support that's been huge. Like uh, this wouldn't be possible without Patreon, without the Patreon supporters. Um, but it's still scary. I mean, it doesn't cover all the costs and at any point that could change. And um, right. so it's a little nerve wracking, but I think I'm slowly adapting to it. Um, yeah. And it's just been really fun to to collaborate with people in a space like this and, and not worry about waking up all of your kids and, and um, yeah. Yeah. What I like what you said was that, you know, how we can uh, put these goals, these like these, you know, having a studio or having this certain tech, like prevent us from prevent ourselves from creating and stuff like that. And, you know, that was something that before I started podcasting, I was like, oh, man, I don't have the equipment. I don't have blah, blah, blah. But, you know, same per- I'm st- again, same same person. You can if you really want to try to do it, just go and start, you know. So with. The only thing I bought for this podcast really is this microphone and arm that cost $30 altogether. Yeah. And I just started recording, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm in the middle of my bedroom and like created this little space to be part of, you know, what my my studio per se. And I record, you know, like I don't yeah. 
do anything. And it's just like, like you said, you just set up and I hate, um, you know, we talked about bar- barriers earlier. I was like, the less barriers you put up for yourself and like excuses you put up for yourself, the more, I mean, if you're really called to like, you know, put out content and you're actually going to be good about it, you tr- do it, you know, just don't be afraid of, uh, experimenting and trying new things out. And if it doesn't work, I guess it doesn't work then, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The book, the war of art, I think it's Steven Pressfield. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Short, short book. And it talks about that, about the resistance that comes and you'll find everything you can as an excuse to avoid putting in the hard work, which is making the thing or writing the thing. And right. yeah. And a lot of times quality is important and we should always strive to increase the quality, but quality oftentimes can be a crutch when we don't have enough content. Like when there yeah. isn't a, when there isn't substantial, substantial content. And so it's easier to just, you know, work on getting new cameras. It's harder to work on presenting better on, on camera. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, like, come on, I, I'd listen to, I'd listen to an interview between mother Teresa and Fulton Sheen, even if it was on a crappy, like whatever right. I like one of the worst iPhone, the first generation iPhones, right? If it was just right. set up to record both of them, I'd listen to it. Um, so there's, yeah, there's definitely that relationship between quality and content. Yeah, definitely true. Um, so yeah, as a greater good point there. Uh, do you have uh, any, do you have any more goals for the podcast from here on out? Um, I would love to, I mean, one is just staying consistent. Right. Um, the, the other goals have been, you know, we're building teams to, to help with these. Cause, um, you know, I don't have time to produce all of them myself and, yeah. uh, it's really, I've actually found that it's really fun to work with teams. So yeah. getting more consistent teams in place would be really helpful. Yeah. Um, just so that also, cause we also produce and help other people with their marketing and podcasts and, and video and stuff. Oh, really? Um, so to kind of build that up would be really nice. And then honestly, and this sounds super dumb, but honestly, the best, the best like next big goal that would be really awesome would be for like somehow either through Patreon or revenue or ads or whatever for the podcast or for whatever we're making in the studio to, yeah. to grow enough that I could, that it would, that I could semi pay some close friends to produce stuff here, like right. to, to, to come to pay Ali, Johnny or Nick to be on a podcast, you know, or right. to, um, to help them kind of go. I know Ali is trying to go full time in just her own creative work. So it'd be cool right. to offer this as another revenue stream or to produce her podcast or something like that. So yeah. that's kind of like a goal, but I think right now it's just trying to stay consistent, trying to keep yeah. making stuff. And, um, yeah, that's the big thing. Trying to stay alive, trying to stay uh, in the studio, right? And trying to keep true. keep it afloat. That's awesome. So make sure you guys are going on to the show's Patreon and supporting them, and so we can re- help them reach that goal and create great content for you all. You know. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, what is um? What is your last thing here? Is like what is your message to uh to the people to those who are listening who maybe are you know, creators, youth ministers, designers, um, you know, what is your message to them? What would you say, uh, for anyone, I don't know who might be. Yeah. I would just say stuck in a rut. I would just say 
man, I would just say think long-term, like think long-term and, you know, know that you're in it for the long-term, whether it's graphic design or whether it's ministry or being a mom or whatever, just like think long-term you're going to be doing, you're going to be alive for a long time and four years goes by fast. Eight years goes by fast. So, you know, think long-term and just be, be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself. Um, yeah, just, you know, think long-term and just know that a year goes by fast, two years goes by fast. And so think long-term. Yeah. Long-term. And yeah. so once you start something, you know, don't, don't only don't go, uh, don't plan just to end after, you know, a certain amount of time. Like exactly. Like if you put out a podcast and you, and you think, oh man, you know, that one's that that one wasn't that great and no one really listened to it. I mean, just think long term. After three years of doing it, no one's gonna remember that. Right. Or the same the same with walking up to a girl and asking her out, or the same with <laughs> right. you know, put putting in an application for a job or interning for a year right. or or doing you know, doing whatever. Like just put it out and think long term because three years from now, I mean, unless it's a an amazing piece of work, three years from now, people you know, it's just in the grand scheme of things. How important is it really? You know? Yeah. Right. That's so true. I, I I forgot. There's other one that I had thoughts of. What is, what is one of your favorite episodes that you've done? Oh man. Um, the early ones with me, Johnny, Allie and Nick were Uh really special and we've had a hard time more and more getting all four of us together just with all the transition and everything. Those ones are really special and fun. And then there's one with, um, Eric Wilkes, Gabby Banzen, me, and I think Chris, um, that was an amazing one too. We, there were just some amazing moments. Like, I don't know my whole life. I've kind of lived to, I've kind of lived for that moment where you and a friend are laughing so hard that you're crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that with my mom so much growing (laughs) up. Like so much of my life was just trying to make my mom laugh. Yeah. And I have so many good memories of just us all laughing until we're crying. And so some of those episodes were really good. And then, you know, the one, the one that gets underappreciated that I wish more people listened to is the interview with, um, Dr. Matthew Rossano on his book, his book called supernatural selection, how religion evolved. And he's a cat, he's a Catholic, but he's also a psychology professor, evolutionary Uh psychology professor. Oh, really? Uh, and the book is really fascinating about what are some of the, how can we trace some of the origins of religion and the practice of religion in the broad sense of the term, like just, right. just like just even the concept of something supernatural and, and all that. That was a really fascinating book and a good, I thought a really good interview. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll link those, um, those few uh, episodes in the show notes. So if you want to go listen to them, you can go, uh, follow those, uh, go listen to them via the links there. Um, and do you, you, you're not put like you put, you also release episodes that are, that you recorded in the past and haven't finished producing. Right. So like, like last, this most recent one was like from end of 2019. Yeah. It was from a lot. Yeah. It's part of the, it's part of the issue of like not having enough time to edit everything myself. And I'm rethinking a lot. Cause like, man, we were going deep in the three cameras, you know, audio, it was, it was a lot Uh, to produce. And so it took a long time. And then, you know, I've kind of, um, you know, had transitions with different video editors and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, man, sometimes those, those episodes get, get released a little later and then, um, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. So I, that's yeah. I want to get more consistent with that. 
That's cool, but it, I mean, still, it's still good content, and like you know, like the one that you just did. Oh, is it Liv, ha- uh, Liv Harris that was just on? Yeah, 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 yeah. that was that was really great. I listen. I was like cutting my hair at three, or like one in the morning and listening to it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, um, yeah. So make sure you go follow the show. Um, they're available everywhere, right? Um, Apple, yeah. Spotify, yeah. all that stuff. Um, just search my name, Edmund yeah. Mitchell with a U. Yeah, it'll be in the um, like again. It'll be everything will be linked at the bottom and all that stuff. And make sure you go listen to their stuff. Um, everything for your youth minister, go listen to the Catholic Youth Ministry podcast. That's really awesome. And even if you're not, maybe you're in ministry and want to get some good ideas. I'm sure. I mean, like a lot of the stuff there is created yeah. for just people in ministry in general. Definitely, um, definitely. Um, and uh, what is it? What was I gonna say? What are your What are your few just few shout outs? Shout out! Shout out a few of your favorite podcasts out there that you want people to listen to as well. Whoops, say that again. Shout out a few of other podcasts that you want people to listen to as well. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, let me just pull up my... I mean, definitely Joe Rogan. I love... I mean, man, I listen to Joe so Rogan. much Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, what else do I listen to? I mean, I listen to other ones that are probably not super appropriate. So, <laughs> but... Uh, the Fizzle Show is great. I think right now they had a good conversation. Oh, The Future with Chris Doe. I think that one's pretty good too. The Gary V audio experience is always great. The ground up show with Matt Diavella. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are some pretty good ones. Uh, If you want to get really into business and get really fired up about just like business in general, anything by Sean Wes. uh, Okay. S-E-A-N-W-E-S. Um, Okay. In particular, there, there's the Sean West show, I guess. And then there's also Lambo Goal, which Lambo Goal isn't an active mm. podcast anymore. But man, okay. I've I've re-listened to all those episodes over and over and over again. Well, awesome. Um, and one last one I have to mention is The Portal with Eric Weinstein. I've heard of also that one. really wild. So um, those are pretty good ones. Those are great. Yeah, I gave you like a hundred. That's awesome. No, that, that, go listen to these things because I love, I mean, podcasts. Um, it's, it's not often that podcasters actually listen to podcasts, which is what I'm trying to starting to find out. But like, I'm one of those that love listening to others. And, you know, for me, it's just like a great way to one find other topics to talk about or, you know, to, you know, people to maybe interview yeah. and stuff like that. It's just really cool, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially for myself, I love listening to Catholic podcasts, but I definitely listen to my guilty pleasures that will leave be unnamed because those are definitely not something <laughs> I would promote for others to listen to. Um, but um, yeah, so thanks for coming on, uh, Edmund. It was really awesome. Hey, yeah, I was really honored that you asked me on. This was very fun. Yeah, it was great. So if uh, you want to, if they want to follow you, make, it's on Edmund Mitchell on Instagram. Yeah, on every other mm-hmm. social, right? YouTube and. Yep. And I have a website, edmundmitchell.com, but I'm super active on Instagram. And then if you search my name in podcast or Instagram or YouTube, you'll find my stuff. A lot, uh, All of my podcasts have video component too. So they're on YouTube and Facebook as well. Awesome. So make sure you go subscribe, listen and all that stuff um, for great content always. Um, if you want to follow Living Ardently, you can follow us at Living Ardently. Um, living ardently on instagram you can follow my personal account at it's only adrian and uh make sure you go on apple if you're listening on apple to go and subscribe and oh well to yeah subscribe like and review those really help the podcast and get out to more people and uh, if you're not 
just make sure you're following or subscribe so you get notifications as to when we're posting. You know, uh, during the month of May, we're doing a lot of collabs and there's going to, we're trying to, trying to record as much as we can. So there might be three episodes a week. There might be two episodes per week now, um, but we're definitely doing the five minute Fridays at least. So That's tune in awesome. for those. Uh, we're going to hang out, have some fun uh, with our guests that are coming on during the week and play a couple of games and stuff like that. So come on, check Perfect. it out. And yeah, I guess that's all I got. Thanks again, Edmund. Any last words? Of course. It just long term. Think long term. Always long term. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. Hope this uh, helped you enjoy your quarantine or you know your day a little bit. God bless you all. And uh, until next week, keep living ardently. Peace. Peace.